if I'm doing fewer of the things that other people expect of me, I get to do more of what I really want. The stuff that's really aligned with who I am. That's the message track I'm on with women. I'll have what what she's she's having. Welcome to another edition of Teton's Confidence Podcast. This is the She Talks Confidence Podcast. I am Tony Dufresne, girl dad to therapist to a women's confidence coach. And this week, I'd like to welcome in Cheryl Ann Skolnicki. Cheryl Ann, how are you? I'm great. Happy to be here today. You are a coach uh, and you specialize in prioritization and in balance. And it fascinates me because uh, in working with women for as long as I have, one of the big concerns and controversies that continue to this day is that you can have it all. It always blew my mind when my women clients came in and because most of them are very successful and bright. I, I sat there, I'm like, what does that even mean? And that's why I would love to talk to you because your story is about discovering the balance and then realizing really what that is and how to make it work for you. I think that if we start with the premise that we can have it all and that there is such a thing as this mythical unicorn version of balance, people are going to click away to the next podcast immediately. So I am 100% a realist on where is public sentiment on the idea of balance and where is the broad belief in our ability to truly have it all, whatever all is. But I've spent really my whole adult life grappling with those ideas and trying to figure out what does it look like? Because candidly, Tony, this is the generation of women who were promised that we could have it all. Mm -hmm. That was like mother's milk to us growing up was this increasing kind of women's first liberation movement and then empowerment movement. And that was the big promise that we were all working so darn hard for was Mm -hmm. that on the other end of it, we were going to be able to have it all. What no one told us was that we were also going to be doing it all with our bare hands. And I think that's really where the model falls apart. The promise loses all of its allure when you're not just having the fruits of your labor, you are laboriously creating this life hour by hour, minute by minute. And what women were also fed along with that promise that we could have it all was a really heavy set of expectations about how we were supposed to behave in all of the many roles that were available to us. It's like we were going to work our way through this all-you-can-eat buffet and just take some of everything. And nobody said, but when you do that, you're going to feel sick to your stomach. You're going to be really bloated and feel awful. Hmm. I've spent this phase of my career unwinding what were the source of those expectations for me being in dialogue with hundreds, now thousands of women about what was the source of those expectations for them and really redefining what does it mean to have it all so Mm -hmm. that we have a, a definition that really works for us and moreover, like an operating system that we can sustain. I like the fact that it's, I think the premise and I think the concept is great and I think it makes sense and I think it's fair. I'm a very fair, even though life is not fair, I, I try to hold on to that. Sure. And I think that wanting it all or having it all is just the opportunity to mm-hmm. have it all, The mm-hmm. in, instead of not having the opportunity. But the problem 
that women are running into is just like you said, it's not the opportunity, it's the application. And then we, it's interesting because you brought up the fact that you're like, I, I take all the stuff from the buffet. Yeah. Who's telling you to take everything and who's telling right. you how much to take of everything? That's the system. It's the, it's the systemic ideology that we are all, you guys are still working that's under right. that still creates that level of imbalance. And then you end up at the end, you're going, okay, now what do I do? It's the just because I can doesn't mean I should idea (laughs) that I can choose to have a really aggressive, ambitious career that takes tons of time morning till night and global travel. And I had that at one point in my life. I can choose to be in a traditional marriage structure. And I am where I'm sharing a household with someone and creating space for their needs as well as my own. I can choose to have children. I have three of them. They're all teenagers now and build into their lives and go to soccer games and volleyball games and school plays and parent-teacher conferences and all of the things. I can choose to be an engaged daughter or sibling. I can be on boards of directors or community volunteer organizations. Like All of those things I have the ability to do and the opportunity. It's not blocked for me in the way that it may have been a generation prior to mine. The question is, how am I going to have those things at the same time? Is there some sequencing? Is there some kind of rhythm or cadence to the way I do those things that maybe has to be adjusted for, I'm just going to say modern times generically, right? The the way my mom did it is probably not going to work for me. Mm. When my mom was taking me to sports, Tony, we were driving like 10 minutes away max. She wasn't driving, flying to another state for a tournament. So what we're going to opt in and out of, I think is really, that's really answers lie. It's not like big, that's what I hate about the big broad brush strokes, right? It's like we start, women start to think, okay, if I can't have it all or if balance is a myth, what am I going to give up? My marriage? I can get my kids back? Yeah. Am I not going to work? That doesn't work. Yeah. It's that either or thing that's that gets in, stuck in people's minds. Mm-hmm. It's that binary linear thing. And the fact that the having it all, first of all, you have to define that for yourself. And everybody's different. And then the second thing is, and, and I think the important thing that I'm curious about your opinion on, is this about prioritization? For me, what it comes down to is how will we make choices about what we do and don't do with our time and energy? The thing that's our ambition is infinite, but our time and our energy are finite to some extent. And so managing where those go really thoughtfully curating, like with intention, making choices about what gets our time and energy and what doesn't mm-hmm. is where the freedom comes. And I, I, it's been my experience that women actually, and this probably stands for men as well, but women can do a lot more than they may come in thinking they can do when you start looking at this next level. Like not, again, broad brushstrokes, but the next level of edits, so to speak, mm-hmm. how I'm going to do these roles. All of a sudden, I can do it if I change the way I do it. If mm-hmm. I look a little bit differently at the elements of motherhood or the elements of my career or the elements of community involvement or self-care, at that level, there's a lot more room to make choices. I have found with my clients, and one of the big questions I ask them is, what does all mean to you? And then why do you want all of that. What does that mean to you? Why? What's the genesis of that thought process? And a lot of times it's not from them. Mm-hmm. It's from the expectations of people in their lives. Typically it's 
mom and dad, close mm-hmm. relationships. It's the society stamp and it's not really what they want. And then when that comes to fruition and they start to embrace that, then there's this level of guilt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do you, why are you guilty? Why do you feel <laughs> this level? Of, it's because they have this feeling that they should be a mom yeah. or they should be able to balance stuff or they should be successful and be able to take care of themselves, which mm. With the younger generation that I, the 25 to 35s that I work with is like the thing now is being independent and being able to take care of yourself because the dating and marriage, it's a dumpster fire. Sure. And so- They can't count on it. They can't. And especially Mm -hmm. given the current circumstances. So given all of that fun stuff, when you talk to your women clients, Mm -hmm. how do you go about empowering them to start to figure out what they want in the first place and then how to, like I said, prioritize how to create the, the, how to create the choices or the balance. I'm curious before I answer that from when you're having these conversations, what are the things that they're ultimately saying? I don't want that. Oh, kids. Okay. Yeah, that's so, like, a big I don't thing. really want kids, but I feel like I'm supposed to have them because yeah. I've been told that my mom wants grandchildren. Yes. Or that's what, yeah. yeah. It, that's a good example. And I think sometimes it's it's some of the ancillaries. There's this predictable path still even today in our society of I will get an education, I will get a job as a result of that. I will find someone to partner with. We will raise a family, whatever that family looks like. We'll have some home that we own. There's like this. Monopoly board or something we're collecting mm-hmm. pieces on as we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think whenever someone is going to veer away from that sort of center path, it does c- provoke a set of feelings. Anything we're going to do that's a choice that flies in the face of an expectation someone else has set for us evokes a feeling. And you mentioned guilt, which I think is an important one. Um, I think it's one of four. There's four that I see all the time. Let's run through these. Guilt Mm. is one. And I define guilt as someone else is going to suffer because of my choice. Mm. Right? So in your example, if my mom has always said she wants to be a grandmother, it's her biggest dream in life, and I'm not going to produce those children, I may feel guilty that my mom is going to miss out on that experience. Mm -hmm. Okay? FOMO is I'm going to miss out. Right. So the second emotion that I think comes up and, and keeps us in the box we're in is gosh, but what if later I regret that I didn't do this thing that I could have done? I didn't get the PhD. I didn't go back to school. I didn't buy the lake house, whatever the thing is. The third one that I think, in addition to guilt and FOMO, which are really big, is judgment. What will someone think of me? So we go back to your example, mom again, right? What will Mm -hmm. mom think of me? Or what will my siblings think? Or what will my peer group think? Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one is loss of control. Now that's going to be less a little less applicable in terms of this example, although we could argue you lose a lot of control when you have children. But I look at this one more through the lens of if I allow someone else to do this instead of me, right? So really through the lens of outsourcing or delegation, some element of your life, oh my gosh, they're never going to do it as well as I could. So I can't really free up time in that way. But those four emotional responses those are the four fears that keep us following this, like we're, we're just ducklings following this set of expectations instead of having the confidence, the courage to say, I'm going to stand in my own choices and I'm going to live with them and I'm going to feel those uncomfortable emotions that come up temporarily until I really settle in. That like I'm at peace with this choice and what that brings is so much bigger, so much more important 
if I'm doing fewer of the things that other people expect of me, I get to do more of what I really want. The stuff that's really aligned with who I am. That's the message track I'm on with women. Yeah, that's and that's true confidence. Well, you know, to me and my program and everything, that's the essence of true confidence. It's the grounding, it's the base, it's the understanding of who you are, it's the understanding of what you want. And of course, that changes too. A lot of my women clients think that they need to know. These are like 28-year-old, 29-year-old women. I need to know. I need to know what I'm going to do. I need to know if I want kids. I need going to need to know what if I want sure. this executive job. No, you don't. I'm 58. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I really don't. Again, it's just it's one of the things where you just take it for what it is. And then you make the move that you feel as though it's going to be best for you and the best for the people that are around you. But that's very empowering, isn't it? It's very grounding. And it's something that it's not, I, I don't take it too lightly because as I have gotten older and with my older clients, it's one of those things where it does, it is easier mm-hmm. uh, if you're aware, right? If you have a level of understanding and you're aware and you're more cognizant of how things are going and what has worked and what hasn't worked. But but you can, as a younger woman, you can be empowered with that. And I think the younger, the better, right? I, mean- I agree. I agree. I think that what comes later that you're probably seeing with older women is this experience base that says, I can trust my future self to figure mm-hmm. this out. She will steer me through. If, I, if it turns out that this choice I'm making right now I see it differently. My thinking evolves along this particular line of choice. I can make a different choice later. Now, there's a biological imperative on a few of those choices, right? So, you know, when you're talking about having children, I understand the time pressure that women are feeling to know, but many of the choices don't have that same biological underpinning. So there really is time to steer and to make different choices much later in life than we probably think is possible. Mm -hmm. We're able to backwards knit all the things together for good and really have Mm -hmm. a a pathway we're proud of by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I've not thought about it as being linked to confidence as much as you do in your work, but I can see that, that it it takes a sense of self-assuredness to say, these choices are right for me, even if you don't agree with them. You know, yeah, and that's present. and sometimes that's holding back the dam mm-hmm. because there's a lot of pressure against you. There was an interesting article in the Harvard Business Review uh, that I think she was probably 30, 35 ish that she wrote, and it was about the myth of having it all. And it was more designed towards the corporate woman in that mm-hmm. track. And they were talking about the fact that the way the system is set up, 16% of of the men, they decided not to have kids and everybody else was fine. But the women, they decided not to have kids and everybody was harping on them and stuff. The thing is that if you, if I, which I tell my clients, if you make the decision to continue with your corporate life or you make the decision instead of doing that to have kids and then you're the one who typically is the more this is the more stay at home or the one that that actually gives up more the more engaged the, caretaker because mm-hmm. of the yo god for sure the, mm-hmm. the maternal responsibility is far greater i have to say it really is the doesn't expectations mean, are it, far higher yeah they are and again that doesn't give that doesn't give guys a pass right. on being because i raised my daughter since she was 1 so mm-hmm. I totally understand the process yeah. and we can do it. It's not like we can't do it. That's right. It's circumstance. But the thing is that the, if you do choose to do that, you got to realize that the system, the way that it is, it hasn't changed a bunch to where you're, they're going to be, oh, sure. Come on back whenever, or you, or no, six weeks now, nah, take six months leave. It's not like that. Sadly, it just isn't. 
And that's one of those things where I'm like, if you're going to make that choice, empower yourself to make that choice and make the decision in terms of where you want to go in terms of how you want to live your life and the direction. And I wonder what you think about this. It does depend on, again, that next level of nuance, like where you choose to work and what their maternity or paternity policies are. Mm-hmm. really do govern. I worked for Procter & Gamble at the time that I was having my children. I took year-long maternity leaves with each one of them. They were not fully paid, but I was able to return to the same or equivalent job. I was able to keep my profit sharing accruing. There are places where people can go. Is that the norm? Is it broadly available at that level? No. But mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we say, if that's what's important to you and you're right. 25 and you're thinking about that, are you looking around and saying, have I put myself in a situation where it's possible? Have I adjusted my lifestyle such that I can support an unpaid leave for a period of time? Mm-hmm. That willingness to say, what would have to be true if I wanted this thing mm-hmm. gives a level of agency back to the individual that I think is really important. Instead of if we collectively throw our hands up and say, well, there's no white knight coming to solve the childcare crisis, and there's not, by the way then we better figure out what that's going to look like household by household. That's not the perception or the direction or the focus that should be in order to create proactive movement towards how you want to create your life, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be a level of empowerment, right? A level of introspection in terms of taking that and going into you and you working with your clients and you using your experience because you were in corporate. You Mm -hmm. were a mom, you were Mm -hmm. a wife, you had, and you did all that stuff and figured it out. And like you just said, with Procter & Gamble, they Mm -hmm. were a great company to work with in terms of the maternity leave. Mm -hmm. What did you go through to figure out how to balance that? And did you create a formula and do you help your clients with it from a formula perspective? Yes. There's a bit of a formula, although it's customizable to the individual. But I think my story, much so many of us who are in this space of sharing ideas with people who are coming along behind us following Mm -hmm. a similar path is a lot of it was learned through my own experience that then I took the time to sit with and codify and test with other women to make sure that this was repeatable. They know that it didn't just work for me, but that it worked broadly. And now I have a decade plus of experience doing that where I can look at it and say, yeah, there's a model here that actually does work. It moves the needle around women feeling that sense of being calm and in control and being able to be present in the various aspects of their lives that they've chosen. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to talk about a little bit about what that model looks like or what yeah, at a very high level? Because we will not. Yeah, the, the, the broad brush. Look, yeah. 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 I think the broad brush is saying you have permission to prioritize the things that are important to you. And again, I think about that at a granular level. My kids are 18, 16, and 13. It has been important to me pretty much forever to seat our family around a dinner table and eat a meal that I made. Because one, I love to cook. Two, I believe in like the power of good food going in. And and it is our one opportunity a day to gather our energy in one place and do something. Is that important to you or to everyone? No. Absolutely not. But it was important to me. So I orchestrated our life around that ritual to say, what choices do we have to make to protect that ritual that's so important to me? It's important to me to get enough sleep. I really like to get eight hours a night. I orchestrate my life around being able to do that. So when we flip essentially the model upside down, Mm -hmm. and instead of saying, hey, here's work 
and it takes up everything that I will give it. And we all know it does. They'll mm-hmm. take every if, hour. If you it. let if, it, yeah. If it's a, if Absolutely. you are willing, it will just, it's an insatiable <laughs> beast. Whether you work for yourself, by the way, or whether you work for mm-hmm. a corporation. Mm-hmm. Instead of starting with that and my life into the spaces over? that are How? left, my process is to flip it upside down and say, what are these things that I know are, they keep me healthy, whole, and human is usually the little phrase I use. And we start those for, I call them balance practices. They're foundational practices. What keeps your life in rhythm? And then that creates a container. You know the size of the container that's available for work. Okay, what work am I going to do that fits into that size container where I can have the kind of compensation I want, the kind of, I think of it as juice, like the power, the sort of drive. Not all jobs are created equal. And if you like a lot of juice, you need a certain kind of job. If you don't mm-hmm. need so much, you need a different kind. It, it has to come last. You're reverse engineering that and it starts to dictate what's the kind of work you can do. So when we want to have lives that we love, where we're like, I have all the things that are important to me in here, we start to get more creative about how we design for those. And it, I think it puts positive pressure. It's like a forcing function onto which elements of our lives we're going to let someone else do, right? Where we're going to outsource or delegate it. Which things are we going to not do? It's easier to make those choices when they're done in service to the things that we really want most. So at a very high level, that's a model. Now we do it in a way that is applied step-by-step in practice so that people don't have to go from A to Z overnight. But that's where we get by the end is it a, a rhythm to a week that has space for the things that really matter to you. It makes perfect sense because you cannot create that balance. You cannot get to where you want to go unless you do that. You have to do that. And you also have to understand from like an extra step from my personal opinion mm-hmm. and experience is you have to leave room for adjustment and be okay. For oh, it's dynamic. Thing, right? right? Sure. It's yeah. not working. It's very fluid. It's very dynamic. And another really important part is your support group, <laughs> especially if you have a significant other and mm-hmm. you're raising a family, you guys have to be on the same page. Yes. Because their version of this matters too. Yes. Right. Their version of what are they trying to make space for? None of this is happening in a vacuum. And so their ability to get their needs met and you to get yours met and the kids to get theirs met and your employers to get theirs met, it's all working as an ecosystem. So boy, if we were little independent organisms, this would be a lot easier. But it it would, wouldn't it? But we'd be (laughs) yeah, we would be all alone. (laughs) And I think that's a really important point that the notion of a Sunday planning session, like the weekly meeting where you're connecting with your significant other to game out, where are these, how's the schedule going to work to enable both of us to have what we want and understanding the fluidity from week to week. There may be a week where I don't get everything I wanted or my husband doesn't. And that's okay. That's life. But on a whole, are we steering toward this? Do we have a prayer? Is the same person always giving in so the other person always gets what they want? That's where the kind of contempt starts to come in. It does. And it becomes passive aggressive and then it just eats at it. Yes. Like, and that's even worse because you don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden you have no foundation to work from. It's exactly. just, ter- it's terrible. And then the kids suffer. It's just, yeah, uh, <laughs> believe me, I've, I've been there. Not in a good way. And then for younger clients, what I found is that maybe they don't, they're not dealing with the, the parent thing, maybe not sure. the husband thing, but they are still dealing with support group with BFFs or corporate or their, the business friends and trying to balance all that out. And for them or for somebody that's older or has a yes. husband or, or with kids, it would be and, uh, the first, the basic first step that you tell your clients in going forward is you have to do what? Get clear about what you want. 
Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Nothing happens until you have clarity on that because you're so wishy-washy. Everyone else's needs will seem more important if you're not Mm -hmm. clear about what yours are. Because honestly, it feels so good to be of service to someone else. Mm -hmm. So when someone says, hey, will you do this for me? And you don't know what you're saying no to in order to say yes to them, you're going to say yes every single time. And that's the part I think we miss, especially as younger women, there's a point up to which this can all be additive. We can just keep saying yes. And it fit. If I look at my life in my 20s, I was handling a lot, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a spouse and I didn't have kids and I wasn't managing the complexities of my own business. So the more things we add when we're not recurating, taking anything off or editing back, that's where we really get into trouble. And we start, we're like, I'm doing it wrong. No, you're not. You just Mm -hmm. added so much that it's an unreasonable load at this point. But that works for so long that we're reticent to let go of that because it's it's working for us. Mm -hmm. We're getting a lot for having high capacity and being able to manage a significant workload. It works until it doesn't. And so the earlier we get good at making those choices, the better. So yeah, it all starts with being really clear about what you want. I love it, Sherlyn. Skolnicki, thank you so much. And can you throw out your website and sure. what you have to offer and where anybody can get a hold of you? Sure. Best place to start is the website, which is brilliant-balance.com. There are free downloads there, ways to get in touch with me. You can get to the podcast, you can get to the blog, all the things as the jumping off point from the website. Perfect. And for me, it's TonyDufresne.com. And if you can't spell it because nobody can, then it's also theconfidencedoc.com. And you can get uh, everything for me. Get a hold of me. I've got the ebook. The new ebook is up. Also, I've got uh, all the podcast episodes that you can get to. So you can go there, to TonyDufresne.com or TonyDufresne.com. Hope things are good. And I will talk to you next week.